Um, actually, I want to turn you into design process freaks as well. Um, that's my main goal today. Uh, if I succeed, and if by the end of today, you, or at the end of this presentation, you have a plan to improve your own design process, then I'm totally happy, and it's going to be on the paper. Um, and just to give you a hint, every time you see a slide with a red, uh, a red line around it, it's your, it's your turn. Okay? I'll, I'll play a little background music. You can your name. Um, and uh, I'll shut up for a while, and you do your thing. Okay? Um, I'm Peter. Um, I'm old, uh, as PPK said. Uh, my first computer was a Commodore 16. Um, I studied computer science and ergonomics. I've spent the last 20 years at interactive agencies, web agencies, um, marketing agencies, stuff like that. Um, I recently went in-house to work at the SDL as a UX strategist making web content management systems better. Um, and I'm a design process freak. Um, and we are all here at Design Day. So let's talk about design. Um, or not necessarily a design, a thing you create, but the verb to design. So uh, this is a specification of the object is a design. I'm more interested in the, the, the verb, the actual action of designing. Um, and this is sort of a definition you can find on, on Wiktionary or Wikipedia, um, to create a design in an environment where the designer operates. That's the definition of design. And I want to walk you through these three steps in more detail. So creating a design, living in an environment, and then actually operating there, uh, learning about your environment and actually operating. And um, that's when we talk about process. So first, um, to create a design. Um, that means creating. That means creating output. And output, um, as I think uh, Stefan said, um, is deliverables. We're in the deliverables business. Um, some people want us out of the deliverable business, and that's fine too. But the deliverable is, is something you produce during a project, to, uh, and it's, in, in, it's intended to be delivered. It's intended to be communicated. Um, so here's the first exercise. You list 10 deliverables. 10 deliverables. Elevator Classics 4. someone had 10, that means everyone could have had 10 if they were thinking about deliverables. You can think about deliverables, unless, not necessarily yours, it could be other people's deliverables as well. Deliverables that influence the design. So um, you're hopefully, or uh, since we're at design day, you probably wrote down deliverables that have something to do with design, like comps, wireframes, Photoshop files, um, uh, specs, uh, requirements, lists. I mean, it, it's the scope can be 
um, can be big. Um, you may have written down some research uh, uh, deliverables or, or evaluation deliverables, like a usability test report or a persona or something like that. Um, that's good too, because research, design, evaluation, that's what user center design is about. Finding out who your users are, designing for them, testing with them, user center design. That's good, except there's more. Um, there's project stuff, like project management stuff. What's the scope? What's the release date or release planning? Uh, when are we doing what? Uh, who's doing what, when? When do we check out, uh, check, uh, check in together? When do we present stuff to the client? That kind of stuff. Um, there's strategic stuff. I'm a strategist now, so I need to talk about strategic stuff. Um, who's the competition? How are we gonna beat them? Uh, how are we gonna do that? What's our, what's our plan of attack? Um, and then there's the proper business stuff. How much money do we have? What kind of business are we in? Um, uh, 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 how are we going to grow? Are we going to expand? Which, uh, which is the products that we want to invest in? What are the products that are sort of on their way out? Those kind of business decisions. Um, and all of that um, is the scope of our work. And all of those, uh, all of those uh, areas influence design. They influence what can be made. They influence what can be created. Um, here's a, a list of deliverables. I could have given you these and you could have picked, picked some of them from them. Um, I want to walk you through, through some of these to show, uh, to show them, show what they look like, and hopefully you get an idea of how they influence design, and I, I may, hint, uh, may hint at that. Um, let's start with the pitch uh, in, the, um, in the business area. Um, a pitch uh, is basically showing where the X is, uh, X is on the map, the treasure map. Where is the money? Tell your client what the landscape is. They probably know some of it, but you need to show that you know it as well. And help your client find the, sh the treasure. Because that's usually what, what your assignment is. Make us more profitable, make us spend our money in a, uh, in a good way. Where is the X? That's what, uh, what you do in pitches. Um, so. You need to show a map, and you need to show where uh, you think you can contribute uh, uh, and help your client find uh, the place marked X. That's what you do in pitches. In that stage, you already make choices. You make assumptions. Um, you show your, uh, your, your thinking capabilities, and you may show your initial ideas. You do, you do the first steps towards design. Hopefully, you do it based on research. You may even have tested some of your pitch ideas with real people, and you'll be able to in incorporate that in the, in the pitch as well. Um, you also need to help your client make tough decisions. I, I could not make a decision here, um, but I know some people who can. And um, I, they're the domain experts. They're the people that walk on these high heels. Um, they can make those decisions. You need to help, uh, help your client prepare for these tough decisions in the pitch. You need to tell them a little bit about where they need to be making tough decisions. Um, so present them with the problems that you think you will, you'll, be, uh, you'll be solving uh, to show you that you actually know what you're talking about and to uh, prepare them for, for their involvement because they are the experts. Um, you need to show Apple products somehow. That works. Um, so that's the pitch. Um, and it, uh, uh, it influences what can be designed. You make your first decisions where you want to go, um, and you get money or you don't. If or you get the budget or you don't. Um, so that's a really big go-no-go no -go decision there. 
Um, next up, an estimate. Um, what is an estimate made up? It's made up of assumptions, calculations, some explanations, and uh, identification of risks. That's very abstract, so let's make it more, uh, more tangible. Let's assume we're going to design 10 wireframes, and five of them are complex, and five of them are medium complexity, plus 15 components, whatever, whatever that means. Um, and then we estimate we need 300 hours, because it's 5 times 16 for the complex ones, 5 times 8 for the medium ones, um, and 15 times 12 hours, or days, or whatever, uh, hours in this case, um, for components. That's the 300. Except we don't know the needs of the developers. We don't know if they um, uh, if they are happy with our scribbles on the whiteboard, and they can work with that, or if they need like, a 300-page specification document. That sort of influences uh, 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 that can influence the number 300 um, by factors with scale. It could be oh, instead it's if if they're happy with um, with sketches, and maybe it's just 30 hours. If they need like a 300-page document, and we need to fly to India to tell them about it, then it may be more expensive. Okay, that's how you do an, uh, an estimate. And again, an estimate determines um, first of all um, uh, uh, it breaks uh, breaks your work down, and in this case, you break your work down into wireframes. Ten wireframes is what you're going to promise, plus 15 components. If by uh, like halfway through the project you don't have five wireframes, some people will start asking questions. If by the end of the project you've delivered five wireframes and you think you've covered the whole design, you're going to have to answer some questions. You promised you'd do ten. Where are my other five wireframes? You will be you will be measured in terms of the things you put in your estimate. So think about what you put in your estimate. Think about how you want to be measured. Um, next up, strategy. Um, Let's start with positioning. Positioning is finding a place in the in the in the in the market in the competitive uh, uh, market space uh, where you want to be. That's positioning. Um, we once helped a client, and the client was here in some kind of two by two axes. Uh, we discovered these axes by by talking to them. Uh, they were here, and they wanted to go there. They wanted to move a little bit on this axis, and they wanted to move a lot on the other axis. Um, that was fine. They, they could explain that to us. Then we did a competitive uh, research, and we discovered that the new spot was right in between two big competitors, um, which would make it hard for them to 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 find a space where they could uh, where they could live. It would be a very tough market for them. We did some more research, uh, and and we talked with them a little bit more about where they might also be going, and we convinced them to move there, so they could grow. That's positioning. Helping your client find a space where they can uh, where they can grow. Um, it means you need to know about the competition, which I'll get to in a second. Um, it, it, it means you need to know about the axes. You need to discover these these axes, um, and it uh, it means you need to know what uh, what it means to be there in that spot. What kind of services need to be designed so that they can grow in that spot? You're making assumptions as to as to what can be designed based on where they are in this in this landscape. Let's look at that uh, competitive landscape. You may have seen this before. Um, this was in a, a South African car magazine called Car. Um, and it, uh, it's, uh, one day it featured an ad by, uh, by BMW um, congratulating Audi uh, for winning the South African Car of the Year Award, which is a little bit strange. You're congratulating your comp competitor. But then in the small print, you see we are the winner of the World Car of the Year Award. Aha! 
Um, then next month, Audi said, okay, we can do this as well. Um, dear Audi, um, congratulations to BMW for winning the World Car of the Year Award. We've won Le Mans six times in a row. Na, 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 na. Um, and then the next month, um, uh, like BMW and, and Audi were sort of fighting. Uh, another competitor uh, jumps in. It's uh, Subaru. And Subaru said, um, okay, congratulations to, uh, uh, to Audi and BMW for winning the beauty contests. We are the winner of the World Engine uh, uh, or the International Engine of the Year Award. And you can see in the picture that their, their car is really about engines. They know what their strength is. Um, and then the next month, um, uh, uh, Daimler Chrysler, uh, Bentley, Bentley jumped in. Um, <laughs> a guy on a couch, uh, on a leather couch, in a suit. These companies know what they are good at. They, and they know what the competition is not good at or, or where they beat the competition. These companies pay attention to what the competition is doing um, and they know their own strength and they know how to um, um, uh, work, with, work with these strengths. Um, this, is, this is competition uh, in, its, in its biggest form, but it requires you to know where your strengths are or where you can invest so you can um, um, uh, make, your, make yourself stronger in certain areas. Maybe forget, I mean, um, yes, Subaru will, Subaru will never win a beauty contest, well, except in Subaru fan circles or something. Um, but the BMW and Audi will win the beauty contests, and Subaru will, will win the engine contest. Um, and they know this, and they, they here they show that they know it. Okay. Next up, one of the research uh, um, uh, research deliverables. Research helps you create the right thing. So uh, the typical uh, typical. Uh, uh, a deliverable for, for research is, is personas. And these are, you know, these personas is name, photograph, uh, a, a, a role or a sort of a, a tagline, and some facts. And maybe more facts. There should be more facts than this. Uh, but how do you get here? You get here by listening, um, recording uh, conversations you have with real users, um, uh, and analyzing them to death. Um, you analyze them, uh, and, and you discover that people are different. Um, you discover that based on, on certain uh, uh, features that, that are shown on the left or, or uh, attributes of these people, um, some of them are more on the left side of the axis for that attribute and some are more on the right side of the axis for that attribute uh, or the opposite side, the low and high or left and right or visual or, or, or textual. People are different. Um, and each of these, uh, these, these stories are stories by real people, um, but when you try to... Um, Sort of forget forget about these uh, these people stories for just a minute. Uh, you try to discover clusters. So you discover the clusters. You factor in the stories again, so the clusters actually belong all together, and then you can separate them out into three. In this case, three uh, uh, personas that are different um, based on their stories and based on different attributes, and then you have your three personas. Um, that's how you do deliverables. Uh, so that's how you do personas. You put a lot of work in analyzing people, uh, and people and, and their stories, and you learn about them, and you learn to, uh, learn to love these people or learn to hate these people, so you can design for them. Personas. Um, then there's a design deliverables, and I, I've listed four here. Where a design is, so I think I can go fast. Uh, we've done sketching. Um, 
uh, or we, we dealt with sketching. Sketching is as many as possible. So start with like the six, uh, six sketches on a piece of paper, uh, uh, have a little frame around them. And yes, they can be only for you, but at some point you pick one and you, you blow it up and you make it shareable. You give it a title, get, add some notes, um, give, it a, uh, um, give it some more body, start working with shadows and grays, and then you, you present it and share. You present it and share by putting it up on the wall uh, or on the glass. Um, and then uh, you, um, you annotate them or you, you, you discuss them and you make them try to make them better and try to combine things from one sketch with another something from another sketch. Uh, do some more so you have like a big wall with lots and lots and lots of sketches. Do lots of sketches, like the hundreds. Stefan, did, uh, did, you, did you mention it? Like hundreds of sketches. You can do that in a team of four in the morning. And you have 100 sketches, and you've reviewed them, and you have picked the best ones. Sketch. Yes, you can do wireframes. It's OK. Um, you can still do wireframes. Um, for mobile, you can do wireframes on post-it notes. They're brilliant. The long, longer post-it notes, perfect for mobile. Sketch on them. Uh, post-it notes are, f are great for conceptual models as well. I know this looks like shit, like a bunch of post-it notes on a, uh, on a piece of paper or on a wall. But it actually is a conceptual map of a, a mobile app and a player in a bar, and there's a line there, and there's some, some matching going on. Oh, there's a user profile, the bar profile, the cafe, and there's matching going on. Um, this is the core concept behind an, uh, a, 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 a mobile app and, and its counterpart in a bar. Um, you have to know this to make sense of it, but just making these post-it note uh, um, boards allows you to, to do this quickly, uh, cooperatively, um, and um, without too much attention for detail. If you really want to put a, a lot of attention to detail, you do these kinds of things. The concept model for, for Flickr, um, with this cool core sentence, a Flickr user takes photos of a subject. And then there's all kinds of other concepts that the user will be confronted with in, their in, in the interface, or uh, different interfaces. Um, all of these concepts are explained and linked, and, you, and their relationships are shown. Um, this is a, a, a high-level concept for an entire ecosystem, almost. Um, if you're more like a visual designer, um, you can do mood boards. This is a mood board for what? Interior design, thank you, for an interior design magazine. It's got pictures of furniture, pictures of people enjoying the furniture, um, little details, a color, um, and white space. All you need for a, for a, for a mood board. Um, you can do visual languages. You can put together a, a system for, for, for visual elements. Uh, this one was done for Kluwer, as you, as you can see from the logo. Um, and, and the idea at the bottom, sort of, uh, um, we, we, we took that and, and we created like a, a digital DNA for, for products and we could apply it to products uh, as well as people. Um, so the, the, this, this started with that visual, uh, the visual language elements, and we could apply it everywhere. So you start with them, something basic, and uh, you pick the right things and, uh, and apply it. Um, if, if you're done, or if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're a good way in, you can start doing a style guide. Um, you can do it in paper. You can just do the CSS, uh, which is fine, too. If the CSS defines all of these things, define it in the code, and that's, that's fine, too. If not, put it in a book. Put all the details in, the margins. You can do infographics. Um, I love this infographic. Why do people suck at Trivial Pursuit? Um, infographics in, in a short, 
comp uh, compact space tell a story and, and tell, uh, um, tell the right thing. Um, if you want to do more of the, the bigger things, you can do service design, blueprints, customer journey maps, all, the, all of that big, big uh, picture thinking stuff. Um, it's also design. In this case, it's, it's designing a service or designing elements of a service, specifying where people um, uh, have interactions with a certain service. Um, it's still design. It's a design exercise. And yes, you, you need to, to talk to the domain experts. You need to do your analysis and your research. Uh, you need to have a conceptual model. You need to define uh, touch points in this case and, and, and actors and players and interactions. And then you, you, uh, you map this, uh, this space. Um, and it's a, it's a design artifact. So design. Um, uh, evaluation, so testing. Um, test results can be like a concept test. We have a couple of, pe couple of people. You can call it a focus group. It's okay. Um, uh, show them some stuff that you're working on and ask them to comment on it. And yes, the loudest person will have an influence. So that's why you have a moderator there that, that can, can balance everything. Um, and you get uh, valuable feedback. Uh, valuable feedback on, on a very initial ideas. But it's a test. Um, you can do uh, a usability test, in this case on a, uh, like a, a, a page, and, and this was still at the conceptual level, a page for a bank where the um, usability test agency po pointed out where things are right in green and where things are wrong in, in red and where things might be better in, in orange. Um, it's a very visual way of, uh, of delivering a, a usability uh, test report. Um, so test, please. Uh, we should be user-centered designers. A little bit about uh, uh, projects. So uh, you can do a beta launch. This in this case, it was YouTube that uh, a while ago introduced this banner at the top saying, do you want to try a different YouTube homepage? This was an, uh, like a sort of an A-B test, or they, they had a beta program where you could uh, 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 subscribe yourself to. So yes, let me try this. All right, here's the explanation. This is what we're going to do. This is, our, uh, this is our experiment. You are from now on part of this experiment. Um, uh, do you agree? Yes, I agree. And that from that point on, all the way at the bottom, uh, sorry, all the way at the top, it would say, you are using an experimental version of Facebook. Do you want to quit? Yes, then, or, or, or do you want to continue? If you wanted to quit, you had a, a, a short uh, questionnaire uh, that said, did you like it? Uh, what, what was your experience like? So uh, the YouTube team could get feedback on their, on their beta program. This is a good way to execute a beta program. And I encourage everyone who's doing, like a, uh, thinking about um, a, a relaunch of something to do it this way. Introduce it on the current system, uh, learn from the, from the feedback, tweak it, and keep, keep on learning. And tell people that they are part of an experiment, unlike Facebook. Um, so lots of, lots of deliverables. Um, uh, and th this is th the things we create and the things um, we should be influencing. All designers should be influencing as many of these as possible. Um, because these uh, deliverables all influence the end user experience. All of them. So get your finger in there. Um, talk to the people who have like uh, job titles that start with these words. Project manager, product owner, business person, uh, uh, strategist. Talk with these people, make alliances with them, work with them on design artifacts because they, inf they influence the design. So. That's how you create a design. Um, let's talk about the environments. And this is where you get to do some more sketching. Um, an environment, um, if you work in a company, the company has an org chart. Ta-da, the org chart. Um, 
You may be a freelancer, um, but then draw the org chart for your client. I want you to draw an org chart. Tell me what components your organization is made up of, made out of. It's a little harder to, to cheat here to look at, at your neighbors, but I do encourage you to look at your neighbor's chart. And you can see that everyone can draw stick figures and everyone can draw an org chart. It doesn't have to be beautiful. It, it, it's an exercise to see if you understand how your organization works and where the touch points are between the design department or the design team and other parts. Because um, if you're lucky, your entire company is all about design. Uh, this could be you as a freelancer, if you're a design freelancer, then your company is you and you are a designer. Um, you may be in a design department, that's, that, uh, that's one, of the, one of the main departments of the company. Or it's a sub-department of, uh, of, of, of another department. Um, and this is where you're already s like several levels away from other people. Um, it could be that uh, design is distributed over several companies, several or several departments, like silos, and somewhere is a is a manager who's responsible. It could be that actually no one's responsible uh, at a higher level, and there's just designers living in the organization somewhere. Um, and then it really becomes uh, begins to become problematic. It could be even like this: like there's a designer here and a designer there, and they don't even know they exist. They might meet each other at a conference somewhere, and they realize, hey. Do you work at this company as well? Yes, it happens. Um, or it could be just you. Who's, who's like just me in, in his organization or her organization? Is anyone just like the lone designer? Not if you're a freelancer, okay, sorry. <laughs> um, this is what conferences are for. This is, this is where you meet other designers. Um, so thank you for coming. Um, it could be that you're a freelancer to someone. It could be that you're a freelancer joining, a, a working for a team. It could be that you're a freelance consultant, probably. You're, you're probably a consultant then when you're talking to the boss uh, and helping them become better, uh, make better products, be, uh, be better designers. You might be a, a design thinking consultant, for example. Um, knowing where design is in your org chart, um, try, try that. Where, where does design happen in your org chart? Just with a like a little marker or gray graying out or a bigger line around it. Where does design happen? It everywhere. Bless you. I'll give you 15 seconds.
That wasn't that hard. So knowing where design happens in your company is good. Um, knowing where it doesn't happen is also good. So having a feeling of your org chart, having a feeling where people may not be called designers, but they actually do influence what, you what can be designed is a good thing. Knowing how your org chart works, knowing how your organization works is a good exercise. Keep it up. So um, the last part of, of the, this definition of, of, of the verb to design um, is the, uh, how the designer operates. So um, um, to operate uh, as in a design process, because all of this is good, um, lots of deliverables and, and, and lots of areas, um, but what holds all of this together, and I'm sorry for the animation, it's process. Um, process holds all of, all of this together. You, your company may have a process, you may have uh, informal processes that nobody has written down. Um, I want to like, help you dive into this idea of process. And I have to start with this. There is apparently substantial disagreement between how designers produce it, uh, or uh, concerning how designers produce designs. The people on the left are the design freaks like me. Um, they or, or the business process management people, the people that want to control how things work. Um, they're the people that write down processes and plans and, and, uh, and stuff like that. So uh, bullet point number two, the design process is plan driven. There is a plan how we approach design. You may not have to be a design process freak, but something is documented. How do we work? The people on the right say it's improvised. Um, we don't have a plan. We have tools. We don't have a plan, um, which is fine as well. And, and if we first have some sketches and then actually post-rationalize and say, this is why we were doing this, and actually let's test it with some real people. Oh, we need to, do, we need to find out who, do, who these people are. You, let's do our research and, and design and analysis all at the same time. Fine. I just prefer the one on the left. So, but and uh, actually, uh, there's a reason for that. Um, there's sort of this 80-20 uh, rule. 80% um, uh, of everything is crap. That's that's another 80-20 rule. Um, this is the 80-20 rule that says 80% of the problems are actually the easy ones that can be solved with a little bit of process, and uh, the 21, the 20% the are the wicked ones, the problems that there's no process for this. And that's fine. I think this is something you, you may realize. This is um, why uh, there's things like pattern collections. Pattern collections, design pattern collections, are there for the 80% on the left. The things that, are that other people have tried before, and then you know how it works, you do it again, and that's how it works. 80% of the problems are like that. The 20% actually take 80% of the time. So time spent, you mostly spend time on the 80% that is non-standard. But for this to work, you have to have a process for the 20%. Otherwise, the 20% also takes 80%, and you're at 160%, and you're over time and over budget, and you can't finish what you're doing. So this assumes that you have a plan for the 20, uh, for the like the 80% of, of standard problems, that you so that you only have to spend 20% of your time on it. So, having a process is good. That's my statement. Why would you document a process? So there's more reasons to uh, to to have a process and have it written down, um, to agree on what you call things. Is it a comp? Is it a mock-up? Is it a blueprint? Is it a design? Is it a spec? Uh, is it a wireframe, uh, a screen flow, a, s a wire flow? Uh, what do you call it? Um, if you're with more than one person in the design team, you will disagree initially. And as soon as you start agreeing, you can be more efficient. So that's, um, that's number four. 
um, speed up integration of new team members. When you add another one, you already have names for things. And as long as they adopt those or you collectively agree to change the name of things and then agree again, um, uh, you, make, you, you make yourself work faster. Um, you can link your activities, this is bullet point number two, you can link your activities to the processes of other people if you've written down how you do things, if you've documented how you do things. Um, you can increase efficiency through standardization. You don't have to reinvent the wheel every time. Um, speed of integration, explain to your client where you need their influence. If you can show your process and say, hey, we need your help here, here, and here, they are prepared and they know what to, which experts to bring to which meetings. So you, you can help your client explain when their involvement is necessary. Um, and you can start measuring your work. If you standardize your work a little bit, uh, document it the same way in your, like, your, our registration system, your work registration system, you can start doing uh, measurements. And you can say, hey, for this project, we estimated that we would do 80 hours. We, we actually did 120 hours because everything is labeled with the same thing. So you can measure. Um, and you can st start uh, um, improving your process, fixing things that are wrong, fixing your est estimates, fixing the way you work, or I, no, those are the main, main uh, ways to change it. So how do you document a process? You start with a blank page. Um, well, uh, lucky for us, start with a sketch. So I'm asking you, sketch your process. How do you work? Which steps come first, which steps, which steps come last? I'll give you a full minute for this. seconds. All right, all right. So you may not have finished your sketch, um, and that's okay, because actually I want you to do it again, um, but with your colleagues. Um, get some post-it notes, get some markers, and put stuff on the wall. Um, put your deliverables on the wall. Whatever you call your deliverables, put it, write it on post-it notes, see if you can agree. Um, put it on, uh, uh, put it on, uh, on the wall uh, and discuss. Um, why did you call it this? Or, or don't we do this as well? Or do you do this? I, d I didn't know you did that. You discover things. You discover what people call it. You discover what people think about it. You discover um, when you start ordering them, um, putting the things that usually come first before the stuff that usually comes last, you will discover that people have different ideas of how, how they should be working. This is your first chance of improving your process. You can put them like from left to right. Uh, start with the ones you usually do in the beginning and then slowly go to the ones that you usually do at the end. <coughs> Sorry. Um, and try to put boxes around them and say, here is where we need to make a decision point. This is where we present to the client. This is where we have to agree internally. This is uh, uh, where the, like development starts or, or QA starts or stuff like that. Um, and then think about um, giving these phases names. 
Um, it could be user research, concept design, detail design, and we do prototype and evaluations, and, and ideally you do that all across the, uh, uh, all, uh, all along the way. Um, you can start playing with the boxes. Even for different projects, you can start playing with the size of the boxes of, uh, of when different, uh, different activities happen. Um, this could be your documented process. If you have post-it notes on the wall with, with boxes around them and names for your phases, you've, done, you've gone a great way. You've documented your process, uh, and you, you've agreed on the, uh, on the things you call them. You agree when you do things. You agree what you call them, and you can communicate it with other people. Take a picture and bring it to someone else. Put it on a slide and show your client this is how we work. You have something that's documented, and you can discuss. If you want to do more, and this cat wants more. Um, you can make it beautiful. You can like make colors and circles and arrows, um, but it's still basically the same thing. It's like we have five phases, and they happen, and and they happen in some way, in some iterative way, and then we're done. Um, you can make it slightly more interesting and complex with more arrows and shades of gray and more complex ways of of, of how to finish this. Um, you can make it like this, where you show that there's a lot of fuzziness in the beginning, and then is things slowly become clearer, and then in the end, there's just one way to go, um, and list the, the, the activities that you do. And if you ha manage to call them discover, design, and deliver, it's, it even sounds good. Uh, this is what Frog did a while ago. Um, you can make it really beautiful, like and have the word win in, in big friendly letters there. Um, you can't even read the rest, but it's beautiful. Um, it's, it's a way to document your process that's made for communicating, that's made to impress people. Like It's long lists, but there's focus, and we win. Cool. Um, and that, that's, that's, I mean, this is something you can give to a salesperson, say, we win, and it looks good. Um, your process could look like this, or this, or this, or this, or this, or this. Um, all of these look different, and that's for a reason. The teams that use them are different. Your process is your process. Your diagram of how you work is your diagram of how you work. You don't steal somebody else's diagram and say, this is how we work as well, because it's unlikely that you work in the exact same way as this other team that documented their process. It's their process. It's your process. And like I said, it's fine if it looks like this for a while, because then you've done the first two steps of Peter's 10-step program. Um, you've done the, you've done the identification part. You know what your deliverables are. You've agreed on names. You've created a diagram that shows these deliverables and when they happen in different phases. Step one and two. There's t 10 steps. But one and two is fine. I it's very good. Um, and you've done those. Um, describe your activities in more detail. Um, specify what you need as input and output. Step number three. Step number four, present your process. Share it with the rest of the company and see if they agree. See if the touch points where you, at the start you say, we need this input if, if people actually produce that input so you can do your work. The other way, uh, on the other end, the stuff you actually produce, does it get used? Is this what people need? Specify your input and output of your activities um, and share it. Um, then improve it because you'll learn. So you need to improve your diagram, improve your deliverables, uh, your descriptions of deliverables. Um, there's six more. Uh, there's there's four more steps. Create. Uh, you can create templates. You don't have to do it. You can create templates uh, and even instructions on how to deliver your uh, how to produce your deliverables. Um, this this way you can onboard people fast. This way you can 
uh, 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 get freelancers in to help your team expand your team fast and, and get stuff done faster. Um, again, you probably when you do this, you learn about your deliverables, so you want to update your diagram and your, and your descriptions. You, you promote it again, internally or externally with clients, externally with partners, um, and uh, maybe externally with uh, the design community so you can learn from their feedback. You start measuring, how are we doing? How much time does each deliverable take? Do, do how much time do we spend on a wireframe, if, uh, if that's the thing you want to uh, measure? Um, how long does it take to create these personas? How many personas do we need on average? Start measuring and evaluating and see if you'd like this and see if you're actually improving. Because that's the idea, you continue to improve your process. Update, fix, make it better. If you want even more, uh, um, let's say diagrams of these, uh, of these kinds of processes, uh, there's a guy, he's in the audience. Hi, Hena. Um, he collected, um, I think it's uh, the URL still says um, it's 50, um, like 50 visual definitions of, uh, of user experience. It's actually 218, 200, how many are there? 218. Last month it was 218 diagrams of how design happens. And he's in the audience. Thank you for that collection. Um, so this is, uh, uh, like the process is how the designer operates. It's the how. Um, but uh, so, so we've basically covered the three parts of design, except my presentation was called You Can Do Better. Um, so uh, let, let's talk about making things better. Um, create a better design in a better environment so you can operate better. This, this is about improving yourself. Here's the plan for improvement. It's a template for a plan. To improve a certain success metric, I will do something together with somebody else, and we will change a part of the process before a certain deadline. This is the template for a plan to improve your process. Now, we haven't talked about success metrics. So success for a, a design means it, it gets used. If a product is used, the thing you produce gets used, that's good. If you get more compliments than complaints, you're doing good. Um, if you can get down the number of complaints even more, even better. Um, uh, so measure these things. These are the success metrics. Um, does your brand get, uh, get value? Does, does your work contribute to the value of the company that's producing this? Um, uh, do, do you have a good reputation? Does your company have a good reputation because of your design? Um, if all of these things are, uh, are improving, then you're, uh, you're improving your designs and you're, you're getting more successful. Um, design teams can be successful as well. You can measure them based on uh, whether you're on time and within budget, uh, whether you're more effective or more efficient, so do more or, or do it faster uh, and do it better, um, and whether you're valued by your colleague, whether your work, your design work, is valued by your colleagues. You can measure these things and you can try to see, see how, how you, where you are, see where you want to be and, and improve. Um, We've done the uh, we've done the uh, with whom part with who uh, with whom are you going to do this together because it's some probably someone outside of the design department it may be the researchers it may be the strategists who are you going to pick to to improve part of your process where in the org chart are they this is why I made you draw this org chart and and identify where design is happening everywhere where design or where people are not called designers they probably still influence what can be done so pick. An, uh, a department in your organization where you want to work with them uh, and, and decide whether you want to work with them and how you want to work with them. Um, where in the process? So pick a part of the, of the process where, where you want to improve. Um, which deliverable? 
pick one, two, three, four, five deliverables that you want to make better. It may not be considered yours, but pick it, pick deliverables um, and decide on a date. Start today. Um, you can make a change tomorrow. Um, so this is the template. Um, you can take this as homework um, to write a plan to improve your process. And you can have more than one plan. You can have more ways uh, of attacking this, this issue of improving your process. If you do this, um, you're designing and you, uh, you add this line of keeping improving, continuous improvement. If you do this, um, you're doing better. You can get become more successful as a designer. You can create better work. That's my talk. Thank you very much. Do we have time for questions? Good. Questions? Let's play some more music. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so I've recently started um, a new job where I am the only UX in my team. Mm. So we, we don't have any process either. So I'm looking after two products that have been going for years that have never had their own designer or UX team. Mm. And I don't know where, I, d I don't know the best approach to define any documentation I need to produce. At the moment, I'm not producing any. I'm just doing what I want, mm. really. Um, but I'm wondering if there's any anything that I should be thinking about. Ask people what they expect you to do. But they don't know I have done because they've not had one before and they think I'm a real novelty. Then they should fire <laughs> They should fire you if they if they don't see a need for you. Oh no, they do. They do. But they don't know what they want. They can't express it. No. So you need to help them express it. Uh, you can show them examples. You can show them examples from your 10, 15 years, 20 years of experience um, and say, would you like me to do produce stuff like this? <laughs> Would you like me to do stuff like this? This worked in this situation. Are we in a situation like this? So show them your work. Show them stuff you've done before. Show them what work that other people have done before. Uh, and say, hey, would this be helpful? That's a start. Okay, thank you. Oh, Lisa. I get a bit worried about this whole deliverable focused process because it feels as though the designers are in their own enclave kind of dictating the way that they work. Um, and I'm more, more comfortable with a kind of a multidisciplinary approach yeah. where we all work together. And when we do that, we tend to have fewer of these deliverables. Perfect. So you still, you still, there's still a process. If but it's not a deliverable focus if process. You, if you don't think of any, uh, any deliverables that you have to do, but you think of influencing other people's work, um, and it, it, I mean, if other people's work is talking to people and you can be there and talk with them, um, that's fine as well. It's, this is why I'm, I'm, I want people to focus on the other departments. What are other people doing that is influencing what gets designed um, that you can influence? You uh, approach them, talk to them, uh, and sit down with them, um, look at what they are producing, if they are in the still in the deliverable business, um, uh, and see if you can uh, influence that in any way. Um, you don't have to, you know, when I said uh, list ten, uh, 10 things, I was hoping that there would be deliverables by other people that you can influence because they influence the design. 
I'm having a problem where in my company, I seem to be the only one caring about document documentation. And you made a point that it's kind of crucial. But, and I feel like that because mm -hmm. it makes work more... Uh, yeah, people can get a grasp of what you're doing and why you're doing it and what's the, the purpose and all. But how can I get people to actually care and write some doc of their own? Mm. Or, or do you have an idea? Um, it would help if you knew... If you know what, what you require as input for your work, um, to, to do this, you need to talk to them about their work. Um, they don't have to have a documented process. You just need to know where your touch points are between your work and their work. Um, so you, if they show you examples, that's fine too. Sorry, it's uh, sort of the same answer. But um, ask them to show them examples of their work. Um, ask them how they got there. Um, and see if you can influence it. You don't necessarily want to force them to, to document the hell out of their process. Um, of course not. Uh, so there is no need for them to document uh, your work. If you feel the need and if you, uh, if you think, uh, and I think I, I, I try to make a case that, um, uh, that it helps you do your work better, um, you don't have to force them to do it. Um, it might help them to show how you did it and that it's not that hard because you can start with 20 post-it notes and a marker uh, and a whiteboard. So it's not that hard. So if you can show them that it's not that hard, it's not that scary, you can actually maybe convince them to do it a little bit. And if they stop at step two, that's fine too, because then at least you've defined touch points. And you've defined, uh, they have defined for you areas and things that you can influence. Okay. Done. Thank you very much.